Hey ho, and what do you know? Welcome everybody to after further review. What the what the frig is going on here? Why, why is this bad? It's a one-time thing. Um, if you guys probably listened to the North Coast Sportscast with Jack McCurry and myself right now, I can talk about whatever the hell I want. Um, because I don't work in baseball at the moment. <laughs> so I uh, Maybe I will be in the future. Who knows? Um, I'm still working on what my next steps are. I'm in the process of moving back to Cleveland. And then once I get back, I'm going to kind of evaluate all my options at the moment. Uh, shout out to the Binghamton Rumble Ponies for the opportunity. Sad it wasn't the right fit for both parties. And uh, glad that we're leaving on good terms. So, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, it just wasn't the right fit. And, you know, hey that's life sometimes. So, um, appreciate that and, uh, everything that they uh, did for me. So on to why the hell am I doing a podcast? Um, I can talk baseball. The gloves are off. Uh, I can come out of my hibernation and talk a little bit about the MLB trade deadline coming up in about a month. As we all know, the guardians are playing way better than we all expected. Um, even though they're on a little bit of a slide right now, playing some good teams like the Red Sox and Twins, and then soon to be the Yankees, this is to be expected. You know, this is a young team, the young, one of the youngest teams in the majors, if not the youngest team. They have a younger average age than their AAA team, which is insane to think about. So this is to be expected, but it doesn't mean that the Guardians can't say, hey, let's try and with new ownership and David Blitzer now officially official, I, I think it's safe to assume that the Guardians are going to at least try to make some small attempts to improve the team and try to build that camaraderie with the fans and show them that, hey, now we got the influx of money. We're going to try to win. And I bet David Blitzer with the deal of a pathway to ownership on the table he's actually going to try to make that good first impression. Are they going to get Juan Soto and something like that? No, they're not. Keep dreaming, okay? It's great to know that you guys are enthusiastic about the idea. Number one, a trade for Soto doesn't even make sense. Um, I, I go on trade baseball trade values all the time. There is no way to make it work. It's even hard to pull off, honestly, a Brian Reynolds trade. And I tried for this podcast to pull off a legitimate Brian Reynolds deal. Uh, the closest I had was a three-way deal with the Angels that set Rosario and David Bednar, who a lot of Guardians fans want, to Anaheim or Los Angeles or whatever the heck you want to call it. And I know a lot of fans are going like, why didn't we get him? If you wanted Bednar too, it's going to cost you Espino plus Rocchio plus Naylor. And even then, you're not even close. You're not even close. I will say Baseball Trade Values is one of the best websites out there for, you know, creating trades and really makes you think how do you want to make these trades do you even want to make them is it accurate i think for the most part it's fairly accurate um in terms of what you know a trade should look like so every trade that i've suggested on this podcast 
is actually a legitimate trade that baseball trade values has accepted and said all parties would agree to this. So all of these were done on baseball trade values. Again, cannot recommend this website enough. If you are a diehard fan trying to figure out what the Guardian should do at the trade deadline, go to this website. It is amazing. It really makes you think. And it's kind of like a, tra it's a trade machine. It's, it, it really is the ESPN trade machine, but it's really in depth. So it's very well done, but all these are done. I have five deals, five deals that I think the Guardians could do. But before we get into it, I'm going to tell you what my positions of need for the Guardians are in my eyes. So I know a lot of people will say, go and get outfielder. Go and get that power back in the outfield. You guys realize Nolan Jones is in AAA. Will Brennan's hitting the cover off the ball. George Valera is hitting the cover off the ball in double A and is your future outfielder and probably middle of the order presence. Framil Reyes, after his injury, looks to be slowly getting back to form. Granted, he's the DH, but you have bats. It's just getting them all up to speed. And that's fine. That's totally fine. So outfield is not of my concern right now. Third base, shortstop, second base, they're all fine, you know, obviously, unless if you are deciding to move Ahmed Rosario now for value, you better have Arias ready, um, or you're moving Jimenez to short, and Freeman better be ready. So there's going to be that juggling with all those middle infielders in the minors, and honestly, the one I want to keep the most is Rokio. Rokio, I think, is a star waiting to happen. I mean, not to say Arias and Freeman aren't. I love all three. I love Rokio the most. Rokio is my guy. I mean, that kid is just, he's special. He's special. They don't call him Lil Frankie for nothing. Like, this kid is legit and is going to be someone Cleveland fans are going to love here in Cleveland, along with Valera. I mean, if you're not going to Rubber Ducks games, you are you're missing out. I mean, you've already missed out because Logan T. Allen and Xavier uh, Curry uh, have now moved on to AAA. And Will Brennan's now in AAA. I mean, you got to get to Columbus games. I mean, I'm thinking about going to Columbus for a game here in the next few weeks. So, because I want to see everybody play. And oh, by the way, John Kinsey Noel is in Akron too. More reason to go to Akron. Very much. If you want to see a 500-foot bomb, go to Akron. But, okay. Going back to the needs, now we get to first base. Is Josh Naylor playing there every day? Are we doing this platoon of him and Owen Miller, which Owen Miller, I don't think he's a natural first baseman. He's a good utility guy, provides a good bat off the bench. I think he's a perfect utility guy for this team going forward and a guy that has a lot of value because of his bat and his ability to run and play multiple positions effectively. Maybe not a lead, but effectively. He'll get the job done. So for me, I would keep Owen Miller on the bench and have Naylor play every day. But if we're going to do this platoon thing, maybe we have to look at first base. I mean, at this point, I'd rather just, would just let Naylor play every day at first and have him grow there and see what we got. And from time to time, whether you're giving somebody a rest, put him in right field, put him at DH and let Miller play. That's all fine and dandy. So first base, I would say is 
not the highest of my priorities, but it's there, especially for doing this platoon stuff. And you'll see why when I get to some trades here later on. Catcher. Okay. Let me get into this because Kenny Rhoda again, showing his bias as a reporter. I want I want you to understand something, Roadman. You are stupid when it comes to baseball now. Yes, you showed this graph of like, oh, they're at the bottom of everything, you know, with other like with other teams. You realize Houston's on that list, right? You realize the Mets are on that list, right? You realize Milwaukee is on that list, right? Right next to the Guardians. Didn't weren't those all? Aren't those all playoff teams right now? Hmm. So you don't need an elite catcher to win. You need a good defensive catcher who can contribute here and there when needed. But it doesn't have to be a sexy thing. Having a a great catcher is a freaking luxury in baseball. What guys like Rhoda do not understand is I'm not saying the position's irrelevant. It's not. It's actually one of the most important positions in the entire game. Defensively. Offensively, it's always a luxury if they can provide with their bat. Most teams in Major League Baseball right now have catchers who can hit. I'll give you a perfect example. Carson Kelly, who is the you know, centerpiece of the... Paul Goldschmidt trade. He's not hitting well in Arizona right now. He's not. Great defensive catcher, but he's not hitting the ball right now. He had a good year last year, but he's struggling right now. Sean Murphy, a guy who a lot of Guardians fans want. You know he's not the greatest hitter, right? You know, he's like a 230 average guy, maybe 250 at best. Yes, yeah, so he'll, he'll provide you more pop in the lineup. And he's an elite defender, but you realize you're pretty much getting the same exact thing, right? You're not going to get Adley Rushman. You're not going to get Will Smith. You're not going to get those guys overnight. Now, we can hope Bo Naylor is that and the way he's playing right now. That's awesome. If I'm the Guardians, if there's a rental available to bridge the gap that isn't going to break the bank for me, I'll consider it, but at the same time, they got to be good defensively and they got to know how to handle the rotation. That last one being the most important. Austin Hedges knows how to handle the rotation. Luke Maley has figured out how to handle the rotation. Sandy Leon, we brought him back. We'll see if he can handle the rotation. But Maley and Hedges have done just fine. And Maley's actually hit the ball better than I thought. So maybe we argue that Luke Maley should be the everyday catcher just a thought, but we're going to put that in the needs simply because, you know, enough people are going to question my intelligence if I don't, but it's not the highest need for me. Again, it's like first base. I got guys on the way. Why am I going to risk it all for a position that probably is going to be filled within a year or two that's going to provide the same offensive ability and potentially the same defensive ability. 
I mean, Bo Naylor has handled some of the best pitchers in double A this year. You don't think that's not attractive for me going forward? Oh, and he can run the bases too, unlike a lot of catchers in the game. I mean, there are only a handful that can run like he does. And one of them got moved to center field in Dalton Varsha. I mean, there aren't many catchers who can run the base as well. So there you go. We're going to put catcher in at needs. All right. So starting pitching, maybe, but I got guys on the way. I mean, Savali is kind of worrying me right now. You got to wonder if the injury is worse. It has affected him more than we thought, which is sad. Police has been solid. Tristan's been hit and miss. I mean, you have good rotation. And Quantrill's solid. He's a solid mid-rotation guy. You have the makings of a good rotation, maybe some question marks. If you're trying to compete right now, maybe you might want to upgrade it to take the pressure off of the Savali and go from there. Or maybe take the pressure off Tristan. I'd move Tristan to the bullpen just because. See, see how that works. And just for this year, maybe if there's the right cheap alternative out there, that's going to set me apart. But again, it's not a priority for me. The main priority is the bullpen. Nick Sandlin started out red hot. He got figured out. He's now in AAA. Emmanuel Classe has been outstanding. I will never complain about Emmanuel Classe. He has been great this year for the Guardians. Um, I, I mean, it comes down to you're still relying on the Brian Shaws of the world. And yes, he's effective, but at the same time, he's not going to be there forever. And those guys are going to, I mean, a guy like Shaw at his age is going to fall apart come August. We need to get guys in here that can eat an inning up, take the pressure off of Eli Morgan, who has emerged into what I thought he could be. And I'm very happy, but they're using him way too much again. So now he's kind of, you can tell he's like, I can go an inning, but I probably can't go the two innings. Okay, that's fine. Go get a guy that can go that second inning. Anthony Ghost, hard-throwing lefty. I, I just don't know if the consistency is there. He's hit and miss. You got guys in the minors that might be ready to contribute, but they're not quite ready yet. I mean, you really need Karinchuk to return the form and get back up, but he just is not there. So it's really relief pitching. That's the main priority for me. And pretty much I'm looking at every trade here. Every trade has had at least one reliever in the deal. There is a reliever in this deal and you have to get it done. Just go get somebody. Doesn't even have to be the biggest name in the world. All right, so with that said, if you're asking me priority, number one is reliever. Number one priority is reliever. Number two, I would say catcher simply because if you can get an upgrade, it's going to make you better. Do I expect to find one? Heck no. Then first base, because worst case, I can move Naylor around. But I prefer to play him every day, but that's right there. After that would be starting pitcher just to get one more to take the pressure off Savali. 
and then outfield just because, you know, it doesn't hurt to re-explore the outfield scenario and see if you can get an upgrade and see if you can find a platoon guy, worst case. So with that said, let's get into the trades. So I have five main trades that I'd be looking at. We're going to start with the least sexy of the bunch, and that's with the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's not David Bednar, okay? I'm going to tell you right now it's not him. And Jeff Ellis, he brings up the name again and again. This is a guy the Guardians had drafted at one point, didn't get him, and they wanted him again, and it just never worked out. And he's pitching well in Pittsburgh as we speak, and that would be Will Crow. Will Crow, the former top prospect, has been effective as a reliever for the Pirates. He's 27 years old, a guy the Guardians have always liked. He's, he's coming into his own this year, really. If we're really being honest, this has been his best season in the majors by far. Last year was more of a starter now has moved into a reliever role, and he seems to have found his niche there. It all comes down to what do the Pirates do? Are they going to trade Bednar, or are they going to prefer to trade Will Crow? Because Bednar has a lot of control. Maybe if you're the Pirates, I'm not going to sell Bednar, because we're in third place in the division. We're not going to be last place this year. Why are we going to make our fans more pissed? It's a fair argument. But in the process of getting Will Crow, I would get a utility bat that primarily will play first base. This is to take the pressure off of Owen Miller. And a guy who can do pretty much everything on the field, and that's Michael Chavez. He provides more pop to the lineup that the Guardians might need. It's not a necessary get. But for the sake of this trade, I'm thinking, well, you know, Ernie Clement, you know, God love the guy on Twitter and he seems like a good guy in person, but, you know, I can say as much as this, he's just a defensive guy. And if I'm making Owen Miller that, I don't need Ernie Clement anymore. I mean, he's expendable. Now, granted, Chavez is on a one-year deal. So this becomes a little bit of a question mark of where does he even fit in? I mean, it all comes down to what are your plans after the year? Is Ernie Clement in your plans after this year or not? If he's not, goodbye. No hard feelings, dude. But Owen Miller can play all those positions too and arguably better and provides more with his bat. So, sorry. Or in a, or in a weird scenario, you might be able to flip Miller for something of value, but I wouldn't do that. I, I love Owen Miller. I think he has the potential to be like a key contributor, whether it be as a platoon guy, a bench guy, he just offers so much to this team. And he really has shown like he can have really strong stretches and maybe there's more in there. So it turns out he's actually a solid contributor and I want to build around that, you know, make him the Mike Avilas of the team. I wouldn't mind that at all. Uh, but in exchange for them, you're giving up Aaron Bracha, the former top prospect, second baseman, and then uh, breakout uh, pitcher Trey Benton in Lynchburg. Uh, Benton being 23 years old, uh, was drafted in 2019 
guy the Guardians do like because he's not he's not the sexiest pitcher, but he gets the job done. But at 23, being at that low, being in Lynchburg right now, well, actually now Lake County, now you're talking about a guy who you probably aren't going to see at the major league level with what's in front of him. So maybe him going to a Pittsburgh that could use some pitching talent on the minors. Maybe he grows and within two years is in the show, which if you're Pittsburgh, if that's what you get out of this trade, Benton makes the deal. I mean, forget Bracho. I mean, Bracho's a, he's a reclamation project, you know, plain and simple. But in terms of Reynolds and those guys, it was unlikely a deal would ever be feasible uh, because of their control and how much they cost. And it's going to take a third team. I mean, again, the closest was, I don't have it in front of me, so forgive me. It was Rosario to the Angels, Bednard to the Angels, Reynolds to the Guardians. Um, it was like Joe Adele. Um, trying to remember every little detail of the trade. Uh, I think it was Freeman and Gavin Williams and a couple of other smaller pieces to make it all work. And basically the angels give up one of their top guys along with all this to get Bednar and Rosario to help us not trade as much to get Reynolds. And that was the only way it was going to work. And it just didn't make any sense to do that. It just doesn't. So and besides, I think they would prefer Valera, which I think that's a non-starter. I hang up the phone. It's not worth it. Valera is part of the future. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So this is the best you're probably going to get for the Pirates. And it's not a bad trade, but it's not ideally what you want. So let's go on to a more... I, let's go with my three-way trade next. Because this is the three-way trade I got done. So... It's the Angels and Baltimore. There's, there's the catch. Now it's Baltimore. So in this deal, the Orioles get Joe Adele and Jalen Adams from the Angels. They get Lenny Torres, the relief pitching prospect, from the Guardians. The Angels get Ahmed Rosario and Kyle Stowers the prospect from the Orioles. Basically, Jalen Adams and Stowers get swapped in terms of being prospects. I think the Angels like Adams, but I think he's just progressing at a rate where they want someone that might make it a little bit sooner. The Orioles could get their center fielder of the future in Jalen Adams if he can start hitting. I mean, this is a guy with 80-grade speed, probably 60 field, not the greatest arm, but 80 grade speed. He's going to cover ground. And in that stadium, he's going to be great. So, and I think Joe Adele also needs a change of scenery, a place where he can just play every freaking day. And for the Orioles, they can offer that. Um, the Angels get Rosario. They need a shortstop right now in Stowers. The Guardians get Errol Vera, the shortstop prospect from the Angels. And from the Orioles, they get Dylan Tate, the hard-throwing right-handed reliever, and Trey Mancini. 
Now, think about it like this. For Ahmed Rosario, you are getting a rental in Mancini. Tate, who has a couple, I think like two more years control, maybe a year more control as a reliever, but a hard throwing. He's been effective. He fits in the bullpen. He's going to be effective for the Guardians. And then you get atop another shortstop prospect, Errol Vera, which adds to your depth. And the reason why I like it is because now you have flexibility in the offseason. Now you can say, well, I like Freeman, Tina, all these guys, but I can't keep them all. But Vera is lower level. Maybe I should trade one of the other guys and keep Vera. Now you have flexibility in what you want to do. So it's like a long-term play, but you're also getting now pieces without having to do too much. And at this point, if Gabriel Arias is okay by that point, you just bring Arias up and let him play. Now, do you win the division? If Arias can play like he's capable of in AAA, in the majors, then Yes, you can. You won't miss a beat. But there's that chance. And also, I would make the argument of you may want to consider finishing the year with Jimenez at short and Freeman at second. Because I think Freeman's more major league ready right now. So Freeman might be intriguing to bring up and have him play. Because he he just fits. I mean, he's a lot like he's going to provide the same impact that a Stephen Kwan has offered. Not going to wow you with power, but he's going to be effective at the plate. He's going to be a headache for pitchers. And that's what they like. So getting those guys up and having them play and see what you got, now you're starting to open up the picture of like, what's our middle infield going to be? You know, is it Rocchio? Is it, is it, uh, you know, Freeman? Is it Jimenez? Is it Arias? Is it you know, all these guys, who is it? Now you have options. But I, I don't know if they're going to move Rosario at this point. I don't know if it's even worth it, barring a major offer. I would personally, if you're going to do it, do it in the offseason when he has another solid year. And with not the same shortstop class, free agency-wise, teams are going to come to you asking you, you know, hey, um, I know it's not a ton, but like, here's a solid package for Ahmed Rosario. You know, oh, sure, yeah, let's talk. You know, oh, here's an effective young reliever with control. Oh, wow. Uh, like, I'm just throwing a hypothetical. It's not even a real scenario, but let's say it's like the A's and they say, well, we need a shortstop going forward. Uh, how about AJ Puke and uh, something else? Sure, let's let's talk, guys. Yeah, awesome deal. Or Philadelphia. Philadelphia could make a lot of sense, knowing they need a shortstop probably going forward. I mean, they have Bryson Stott. I don't know what is going to happen to him, but let's say all goes, you know what? They can come back and say, hey, we need a shortstop. Here's X guy that you need a position of need. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, let's do this. You know, it, I would prefer to do it in the off season once things take shape, but that's the three-way deal. Then you have the nationals deal that I got. You can see where this one's probably going. 
So the deal is, and again, this is simply based off of baseball trade values. I made the numbers work, and that's how these came up. Josh Bell and Tanner Rainey come to the Guardians. Then we got Will Benson, Carson Tucker, and Ethan Hankins to the Nationals. Number one, I'm all for making Carson Tucker available in any discussion. He's a defensive shortstop, not the best hitter. You know, his brother is solid. The only thing he hits out of the park is getting Vanessa Ann Hudges as his girlfriend, which I salute you, sir. But anyways, <laughs> for the Nationals, I don't know what their direction is, quite honestly. I mean, Bell's on a one-year deal. He's going to be a free agent. He's going to make a lot of money, and it's going to be a rental for who any, whoever wants him. Tanner Rainey is a hard-throwing righty who the Guardians would be probably very well served to go get and make him the setup man for Class A. He's a perfect fit behind Class A. So that's a guy where I think if you were to get a Tanner Rainey, and that's the one I really want, now you have a dominant eighth, ninth inning setup to where the Sandlins, the Morgans, all that stuff, the rules kind of now even out. And you get Josh Bell, who, yes, this would mean more of a, what's the right word I'm looking for? More of a platoon role for Josh Naylor, who doesn't deserve that right now. But the way Josh Bell is playing, you're adding a legitimate thumper in the middle of the lineup that takes the pressure off of Fran Neal and Oscar Gonzalez and even Jose. Now it adds a threat in there. And if you find a way to put Naylor in the lineup every day, now you have a legitimate lineup to work with. I don't know how it's going to work, but I mean, even the idea of maybe putting Framil on the field might be an idea to make this work, but it's probably going to put Naylor in a platoon role, which is probably going to suck. And he doesn't deserve that. But when you're talking about the deal, you're getting a potential, I mean, guy who hits the cover off the ball in Benson, he strikes out a ton still, but he's close to the majors. Might be a guy the Nationals can figure something out with. Carson Tucker, a shortstop prospect they can develop. And Ethan Hankins coming off, and he's going to be coming off a Tommy John surgery next year. But if he can return to form, you're talking about a guy who's considered once the number one prospect in his draft. You're talking about getting a guy who can be a legitimate middle front of the rotation starter when he's healthy and his game is on. So it might be worth, you know, saying, hey, it's a gamble, but I, I'm getting nothing for Bell in the offseason. And Rainey, I'm probably not going to get much more than this. Yeah, let's do it. So it's worth the idea to explore with the Nationals. Now, the last two are my two favorites. I'll save my favorite for last. So we'll go to the Cubs. In this deal, you're getting Wilson Contreras and David Robertson. Robertson's been pitching lights out this year, and a lot of teams want him. I mean, I know the Yankees have been linked to him. Um, I believe also the... Uh, the Blue Jays are linked to him as well, among others. 
But if you're the Guardians, this is a very effective reliever when healthy throughout his entire career. He is probably maybe going to the All-Star game. It's possible. He's one of the best in baseball right now, but he does have the numbers. So maybe not. But you're also going to get Wilson Contreras in this deal. I think with the way the outfield is, Ian Happ is more unlikely to be the guy going forward. Um, I mean, I like Ian Happ a lot, but I think you've moved on from that because your outfield's mostly set right now. But getting a Wilson Contreras on a rental, potentially, I think with new ownership, it's possible you could extend him. But I think he's the perfect bridge guy for Naomi. So in this deal, you're giving up Will Benson because you give him a guy that's perfect to learn under Jason Hayward. Petey Halpin, because they like those low-level guys right now with high upside. That's Halpin. Jose Tina, gold glove potential infielder with actually a better bat, and he plays at a high level for a guy who's young for the level he's at. He's like 20, 21, double A, and just hitting the cover still off the ball. And then a potential, you know, rotation guy going forward, you know, in the future in Josh Wolf. Again, this deal works out in the machine. It's not the highest price, but with Tina, that's where the price jumps up. If you're doing anything more, you're talking about Nolan Jones, which I would prefer at that point, keep him. You're not getting enough back. I mean, if you're going to trade Nolan Jones, I better get the guy for more than a year or a guy for more than a year. There's a tease for what the next trade is. I like this deal, but I don't think it's the best one I came up with. Now, this last one is the one I do, and I'd be on the phone honestly right now with this team to make sure hey do you want to make a deal and also another guy that I keep forgetting um is in uh Chicago that if you're talking about a catcher upgrade I I know it's not the best but it's an upgrade for what we have and that's Jan Gomes why not call him and ask about Jan Gomes? If we're all going to sit here and complain about Austin Hedges and Luke Maley and all that stuff, then bring Gomes back. Let him finish his career in Cleveland. Let him be the bridge to Bo Naylor, and we're done with this. You know what. But I, I just don't know. I think he's more of a platoon catcher now, and you have Luke Maley to begin with, so it's not really worth it. So the last trade is with the Colorado Rockies. Yes, the Rockies. And this is a doozy of a trade because I don't know where the Rockies are going. I think they're years away from competing and they have a couple guys that are on one-year deals and, you know, a trade chip that has fallen off that the Guardians can say, hey, we we can fix them and then we can get a steal. So this is a big trade. This is a huge trade. Guardi, uh, actually, we'll start with what the Rockies are getting because I can tease y'all. Nolan Jones goes to the Rockies. I know I can hear everybody going, oh, crap. 
what are we getting back? Jose Tina, I know, stay with me now. Peyton Battenfield, stay with me. And Josh Wolf. before you say, I've lost my mind, who the hell are we trading for? They have nobody worth that. Listen to the return. In exchange, the Guardians get Daniel Bard, relief pitcher and closer for the Rockies. Alex Colomay, a relief pitcher. C.J. Crone, worst case, a platoon first baseman that is perfect for Josh Naylor. And lastly, starting pitcher, Herman Marquez. Now, it actually works in the simulator. It actually works. I will pull it up right now because I had to take a photo because I was stunned. Basically, the Guardians get a little bit more value. It's 24.2 million value versus a 22.6 million value. The Guardians get a little bit more. And you wanna know what? If I had to throw in a small prospect to get this done, I would. Because this is the perfect trade because I love Nolan Jones. I think he can be a great player at the major league level. Number one, I'm training to the one team where he's going to thrive, and I'm never really going to have to worry about this really biting me in the ass big time because anyone will say, oh, he's playing at Coors Field. It, it may not be the same in Cleveland. There you go. That's never going to bite me in the butt. Jose Tina, who knows if he makes it. He's in double A, but he has a good chance, and I think he would make it and be a very good defender for him. Peyton Battenfield and Josh Wolf, any pitcher in Colorado, it's a toss-up. Like, I could trade Daniel Espino there, and I don't know if he's going to thrive. I'm not doing that, but you get my point. In this trade, you are getting Daniel Bard, a veteran who is a closer right now. He instantly becomes your setup man. Alex Colomay who pretty much I think would take the Brian Shaw role and take even more off his plate and let him be effective and the other guys being effective. So now you've had two relievers to your roster. And yes, this trade would mean massive changes to the roster. I don't care because you put CJ Crone in that lineup, the way he's playing this year, Absolutely. Now everyone's going to say, but he's playing at Coors Field. You're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. And all I will tell you is, is that, yes, there is a decent split against him. He has played better at home than on the road. Way better at home than on the road. That's why he's automatically in a platoon. He faces lefties. Uh, Naylor faces righties. And if I need to put him in against righties, fine. I mean, granted, he's actually hit better against righties this year. And 
it's fine that, you know, people are saying, you know, he hits only at Coors Field. And honestly, I don't blame you all for saying that. I will say in the few games he had at Target Field, he did hit well. So there's a positive, but he didn't hit well in Comerica. So bear. But then again, these are one series. At the end of the day, Crone adds a middle-of-the-order threat that the Guardians could use. Is it going to be enough to tip the scales? No. But it could help the lineup going forward. And he's in a crappy lineup to begin with. Imagine him with the protection of Jose Ramirez and Framil Reyes and Josh Naylor and Oscar Gonzalez the way he's hitting. Crone might actually do better. Who knows? And then Herman Marquez. I know what everybody's saying. Why are you adding a starter like Herman Marquez right now? I mean, Kyle Freeland's there. Why are you going after the guy who's not pitching well? Well, here's what I think. I think Herman Marquez has wanted out for a very long time. And he has never really pitched well at Coors Field. In fact, this year he's awful, god-awful in Coors Field. There is a drastic difference when he is not pitching in Coors Field. And he's pitching better this month. I'm just saying, you put him in a scenario where he can win now. Now, all of a sudden, Herman Marquez might be a two or a three in this rotation. Now, imagine this if you get to the playoffs. I want you to imagine this. Leading off, let's say he turns it around. Miles Straw. Batting second, Stephen Kwan. Batting third, Jose Ramirez. Batting fourth, CJ Crone. Batting fifth, from Mil Reyes, batting six, Oscar Gonzalez or Josh Nail. Batting seventh, Andre Jimenez. What, what, what positions haven't I done yet? I'm trying to, bl- I blanked on which ones I haven't done there. Bang eighth, Luke Maley or whatever, and bang ninth, whoever else I didn't mention. I know I'm missing something. Probably the outfield, something like that. Yeah, I think outfield or something like that. Actually, no, Rosario. I forgot to say Rosario. That is a very good lineup, top to bottom. But here's the the bigger thing. Pitching game one, Shane Bieber. Pitching game two, a motivated and re-energized. Herman Marquez. Game three, Zach Plesak. Game four, Cal Quantrill with Savali and Tristan in bullpen rolls. Hmm. And a bullpen with Classe, Daniel Bard, Eli Morgan. Alex Colomay as the four main relievers. 
and maybe you might have to go out and get another lefty reliever. I, I just went by what's what I'm seeing as fits. I mean, the closest there really isn't one out there. That's the problem. I mean, hold on. Nope, he's on 60-day DL. There really aren't that many lefty relievers out there, but you get the point. This lineup rotation in bullpen may not be the sexiest, but it's really good. It's scary. And if the rotation comes alive and the bullpen evens out and Jose is playing like Jose and it helps build everyone else back up and Frommiel can return the form. It's a team that can make a run in the playoffs and shock a lot of people. That's the trade I would do personally. It just makes the most sense. It keeps your flexibility open and it gives you something long-term because I think Marquez has about an year or two left on his deal. So maybe rejuvenate Herman Marquez and maybe you trade him in the off season, flip him. I mean, I wouldn't do that. I would actually try to renegotiate a contract. Just looking at it, actually, it is a, just want to see. So he would, he would actually be under contract through the 2024 season with a, there's a club option for 2024. So technically you would have two more years of control with Herman Marquez. And if he's a motivated, talented pitcher, you know, either A, you can move him, B, you can extend him, or C, you ride it out. Not bad. Not bad. I mean, it's like 15 million and 16 million the next two years. That's not bad at all. That is actually a solid deal. Granted, this trade, I will say, it would piss off Chris Bryant. It would totally piss off Chris Bryant going, why the hell did I sign here? I mean, there are other guys on that team too that you might want to consider. Ryan McMahon. I mean, I wouldn't mind taking a look at him. I mean, you won't get Connor Joe or Randall Grichik. I mean, you might get Grichik, but there are guys there that actually play well. And I'm not saying Elias Diaz makes a ton of sense, but he hits the ball better, I guess. I, I Again, that's why catcher is not really a worry to me. But that would be the main deal I would do. Bard, Colomay, Cronin, Marquez, you give up Jones, Tina, Pattonfield, and Wolf. I will say this. In, if you were to ask me, what is the perfect trade for both teams? Doesn't matter what division, what, what league or whatever. I'm even just going to make it right now because there is one trade that just makes so much sense for both parties. And it would benefit both of them. And I'm trying to pull it up right now as, we're, as I'm doing this. I just want to see if it's a straight up, it would work deal. Marquez, no, it wouldn't. Wow. They would actually be overpaying. That's interesting. The most obvious deal to me 
would be Brett Beatty for Herman Marquez straight up. Just do it. Brett Beatty in that stadium would not be fair. It would not be fair. But yeah, that's that's about going to do it for this uh, Guardians podcast on After Further Review. When the hell am I going to be back? Probably on the top dogs. That's going to be coming back soon in July. We're working on guests. Um, we'll see what's about to happen. Uh, Jack and I need to talk about some things first. It's going to be not an easy year for the top dogs with the whole Deshaun Watson shit and everything, but we're going to do it. We're going to power through now that I'm back in Cleveland. I'm going to make time for this. We're going to do this. So uh, thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you to subscribe to the podcast. It's not worth it. I'm probably not coming back. So, But make sure you're following the Top Dogs podcast here on Apple Podcasts and everywhere you can find podcasts. Anywho, I'm your host, Alex Hale, and I will talk to you, well, on the Top Dogs next time. I'm out.